Hello, and welcome to the Self-Help Songwriter Podcast. I'm Hannah Francis, a singer-songwriter who is obsessed with self-help. Songwriting has actually self-helped me, and I am certain that the answers to life's big questions lie within each of us. And on this podcast, we search for these answers by analyzing songs with the people who wrote them. In each episode, we invite a songwriter to share an original song. Then we will break it down together line by line and extract the maximum meaning from it. We learn how different songwriters translate their life experience or personal philosophies into music. And it is so interesting, but today I have a different type of episode for you. We're not breaking down a song. This is a 2021 wrap-up episode or like a buffet, if you will. So this is like a little sampler plate of the Self-Help Songwriter podcast. We talk to so many incredibly talented and deep and philosophical and metaphysically minded, just kind, beautiful, thoughtful, creative souls. This has been an incredible journey. I love this podcast so much, and it has really helped deepen my relationships with all of the guests, and I'm just so grateful to all of them for being so open with me and so open with us and willing to go there, really go there, because songwriting is not for the faint of heart, and we really are putting our hearts on our fucking sleeves, and it's even more than that, and it really is incredibly vulnerable, so I really... I'm so grateful to each and every one of the guests and to each and every one of you who has appreciated their vulnerability. Um, This has just been such a beautiful, such a fun project for me. So I really hope that you enjoy this roundup, this collection of super fun and insightful clips from an array of my incredible, uh, just my chef's kiss, just the best guests a gal could ask for. And starting us off is Tobias Robertson. You know, so that's kind of like the first line. Like, I try to calm the inflation of my own expectations, keep my inhibitions under wraps. It's like, you know, I'm trying to, like, I'm always kind of trying to do that. I'm kind of trying to temper that feeling of, like, I don't want to cling on to things too much. And, and I want to understand that things are more transient than that. They come and go. And that's the joy in them, you know? You wouldn't, mm-hmm. en- funny enough, like we were just saying, you wouldn't <laughs> enjoy them. You wouldn't see them if they were there all the time. Right. You know? But then it's like, but in my mind, I know that I can't stop them when they arise. It's just a part of me I can't hold back. So it's something that's just sort mm. of touching on the fact that I struggle with that, you know? Yes, like I was wondering... Something- I was wondering if it was keeping it under wraps from other people or from yourself. Yeah, it was kind of, um, I think more, yeah, other people, you know, mm. in, in my head is definitely, I think of that as more, um, more other people. Yeah. But what's funny is that keeping it, keeping something under wraps is like keeping something secret, isn't it? You know, like keeping something kept, but I also mm-hmm. thought, I think I thought of it as well as kind of like, keeping it strapped in like keeping it close right like not not necessarily just to stop people seeing it but trying to keep it under control as well yes trying to not burden others yeah definitely with your 
crazy mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, Speaking for myself. <laughs> life 101. <laughs> exactly. Okay, what's the next for? Yeah, so the next is, uh, so when I'm thinking of what's coming next, I try not to expect the best, but I always fill my heart with sweetest hope. Then I'm surprised and die inside when no good things materialize and the bitter truth makes it hard to cope. I relate to that so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, again, it's it's that um, you know, it's that thing of of just knowing that good things go, you know, and that bad things come, and but knowing that good things go, you know, and that bad learning to cope with anxiety. Like mm. now, I'm in a place where I do learning to cope with anxiety. Mm. Like now, I'm in a place where I do cope. You know. Um, which is different. doesn't mean there's not still peaks and troughs, of course, and mountains and valleys, but, but, but I'm, they're smaller, you know? And, mm -hmm. but yeah, one of, one of the ways that I definitely tried to cope in the beginning, which does not work, but yeah, one of, one of the ways that I definitely tried to cope in the beginning, which does not work is apathy, you know, it is the, is the, the dulling of expectations, the dulling of joy, because, if I don't allow myself to feel the full extent of the joy, then I don't feel the full extent of the being crushed when it's taken away or when it changes. Right. But the problem, but the problem with that is to dull the, 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 you know, the difference. But the funny thing is as well, um, you know, it says, but I always fill my heart with hope. Mm -hmm. I would sweetest hope is that I was always like kind of trying at, at that time in my life, I was always kind of trying to push down, those things but I never really could mm -hmm. you know, because because part of me is like I'm an empath I'm a sensitive person and I and and I feel my emotions I wear my heart on my sleeve you know and and so I was always kind of like wishing that I could turn bits of my emotions off but I never could and then because I was fighting so hard against bad things coming um when they did inevitably happen because hey bad things do happen it's mm -hmm. just part of life um you know yeah it would just it would hit me just as hard anyway you know so it kind of like I was exhausted from the from the effort of trying to hold back and then I still got hit anyway you know it's like lose, lose. Well. yeah exactly so I mean now like you know as a slight aside now I've learned that like the, the vulnerability of joy is to you know just be in it in the moment and and just accept that you know, there's good and bad and it comes and goes. And that's part of the nature of it. If it was always good, it would never be good. If it was always bad, it would never be bad. You know, for them to exist, there has to be movement. Right. There has to be change. Yes, there has to be the um, balance, good and bad. Yeah. And here is a clip from episode two with my good friend, Yenting Lo. The second verse, um, I hear continents drift in spiral shells, the nursery rhyme at foreshore sung by hermit crabs. Kiss me goodnight, then I'll hold my breath. Float me upon uh, with your crystal soul. So this here continent drifts in spiral shells. 
that blew my mind. So can you talk, can you just <laughs> juice this line for us? What, what's going on here? I hear continents drift in spiral shells. Do they? So usually we like to listen to the shells, like the sound of wind or ocean, right? Is it the same with, mm. is the story also told like this in your place? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. And I feel because the continent, the ocean, they're, you know, the witness of the whole earth history. And so probably what you hear is more than the wind. It's, it's a lot more than that. There's a lot more things being told inside this shell. I mean, here I'm using a lot of, you know, earth science <laughs> um, clues, hint, words, terms. Um, and I'm trying to make them not so cold in a way. I'm trying to make all these terms into a warm story to tell. It's interesting. You you think of it maybe as scientific. I don't think of it that way at all. I think of this as just a beautiful metaphor. Um, and the, you're just using these terms that describe things in nature, which are the most poetic things that I can think of. I love, yeah. I really love when artists, especially songwriters can capture this feeling of awe and smallness as in the human experience, while also feeling this great like comfort and love just from existing and from taking it all in. That's such a special feeling. It's such a special idea. So to me, I don't hear so much science. I just hear beautiful metaphors. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think you, you, you got it. I think you get what I want to say. So thank you for that. Um, because it's really me trying to, like I said, I watched some documentary films and then I feel like, oh, so cool. But then you know how? What else can I say aside from being amazed and feeling cool about things? You know, so I, songwriting really helps me deliver my my awe, like you said. I love the way you put that. Here's a clip from episode three with Stephen Rappaport. And then it's the burning. Well, the fire thrives. I'm talking about the fire. Fire, it thrives. The burning bush, the burning bush, the thorns keep their sharpness as the bush keeps burning. And it always burns. That's why I love the symbol. It's a burning bush. It is never consumes itself. Never. It never, it never consumes itself. It's mm. always burning. You, it's the last light in this darkness. It might be lost, but it's not gone. It's what keeps you alive. It's the fire. It's the longing for connection. It's the, it's the discovery of what you have to offer. That's the flame. It's this fire. I need. My my need and everyone for connection. Absolutely, yes, that's connection. Mm -hmm. Why my need appears it's not greater than anybody else's, but I tuned into it from a wound, mm -hmm. from a, a, a connecting to my Holocaust surviving mother, who's 
It was like, forget about what happened. What happened? Take off the mother mask. Mm. Take it. Just look at me and tell me what happened. No, everything. Yeah, not so beautiful. I don't feel so beautiful. I don't feel. I don't feel so good. Eight year old, seven year old, eight year old, nine year old, ten year old. Ah, I like to play outside. That's for sure. But I sure don't like what's going on in this house. So uh, the last light, the pyrotype, the thorns keep their sharpness. The cut, the wound, through the wound, the spirit enters. That's how it gets in. That's why your first heartbreak is a spiritual revelation. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You think there's beauty in that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, there's, you know, there's beauty also, even though uh, my first heartbreak, maybe I'm still recovering from it, but I know in the first couple of years, it was like, I couldn't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. It got me, I know, it. I, I, I entered into my artistic self when that happened. Oh, okay. uh, I, but I was traveling and working, and then I found that. A lost life. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Misplaced. Misplaced. Found. Mm -hmm. Very good connection there. That was a spark. Mm -hmm. That was a huge... That was the... Expl that was a... Big flash of light, right? The big flash exactly. of light, yeah. But that open up. Oh, we work with this. Mm -hmm. What's in between? This constant negotiation, mm -hmm. presence. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And here's a clip from episode four with Maria Lindstrom. Hope you're enjoying it so far. Woohoo! So with this, we via lite febra. How did that idea come to you? Do you remember? No, just you know the classical way, lite febra. Huh, that's a good title for a song. It suits us. We we're, we're a little too good. We're we're so perfect. We're a little too little too good, perhaps. <laughs> just sometimes this wonderful life with just you and me is maybe a little too good. That's the mm. gist of it all. How so? Obviously, it's a, the phrase is used yeah. much more in Swedish than in English. Yes, yeah, it yes. is. It's not because, uh, I mean, uh, I was I was served a lot of oh, a lot of wine, and everybody was helping with everything, and I got so much good food. But then after a while, it got a little too good. That's when we use the phrase. Yes, when something is oh my god, it's not not quite good enough. Mm. Mm. Okay, so in sweet, so in Swedish it means that it's not good enough. No, it's not. Or that it's, it's good enough. Too it's, much of a good thing. It's too much of a good thing. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a fun way of describing how how lovely and perfect our life together is. That's that's how I do it. That's really mm -hmm. sweet. Hmm? Isn't that really nice? Yes, I think it's nice. It's very romantic. Mm -hmm. Uh, so a little too good, and this one close to everything is is that that's also when I come to think about it, this is it's a good title for a song. I don't think anybody has used it, 
before. Sometimes when I think of a title and I have to Google it to see if someone has used it. Yes. 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 I have to, my ideas all the time, yeah, I feel like I have to Google them. I'm like, how did no one, I don't think this is that even good of an idea. Like, how did no one else? And now we'll hear Alan Finney tell a story about blues legend, Mississippi John Hurt. Mississippi John Hurt, he recorded in the, in the late 20s. And he sort of stayed in Mississippi. He was a farmer, I guess, all his life. But he kept playing, and uh, he would play on weekends and so forth. And uh, some of his records survived. And in the folk music thing of the 60s, they heard, they heard uh, in one of the songs, Avalon, That's My Home, or something. These guys, <laughs> these white, young college kids, hopped in a car and drove down to Mississippi and went to Avalon. Is there a guy named John Hurt around here? Ooh, I don't know. Well, he's, he's a guitar player. Oh, you mean the old, old John? Yeah. You go down that road, open the road, and they found this guy. Are you John Hurt? Yeah. <laughs> Two young white guys <laughs> looking strange with northern accents. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, my name is blah, 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 blah. And we're going to take you to Newport Folk Festival and record you and... So this guy was like in his 60s. Oh my gosh. And he could still play like this. Better than this, actually. Very quiet kind of guy. Yeah. I've never heard that version before. You heard the song before? I. Or did this one? No, the, yeah, that one. Just that one. Just that one. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful. This is my Christ song. But it's, hey, let me show this. Backwards. It's backwards picking, you see. picking is like this. Mm-hmm. And this one is, uh, well, I have to do the beginning first. Yeah. This is forward picking. Then he does a very clever thing here.
beautiful. It's so beautiful. And that's all I can listen to without (laughs) just just sobbing. (laughs) The reason that song makes me cry is because he used to play that for my late, like adopted grandfather, Izzy Young. And you should just Google him. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. But he would always play it for him and it would make him cry when he played it. So now it makes me cry because it makes me miss Izzy. Do you guys have those songs that make you want to cry because they remind you of someone? I'm sure you do. Anyhow, our next clip is the last episode of the first season and it features my great friend, Leah Harris. I love this episode. Here you go. These things are important, you know, having a a safe place to live, having food that's healthy, having a good credit score, having opportunity, having stability. These things are all really important, but you you don't necessarily shine when that's all you do. And that's really been the focus of this whole conversation, right, is what does it take for you in your life to get that shine to? And that's one of the things in New York that's a challenge is that you spend all your time treading water on the basics. I think in some smaller towns, I can say from personal experience, the challenge can be more lack of inspiration, perhaps, Mm. or a lack of places to be an artist or different priorities. So every place has its own challenge. I don't, I'm not saying that New Yorkers have it hard and everyone else doesn't because I've only spent three years in New York and I've found the same thing everywhere that it's, it's just hard to set up your life where you have all the basics covered enough that you can just shine. And as a musician, I always felt like that place was the stage. So even if life was crazy, you know, that's where the, what you were saying at the beginning, you know, being, being able to connect with other musicians, to break down songs, to perform those songs. It's, it really satisfies that, that need. Yes. I love that. I love these lines leading up to the chorus. Cause it's like, just the visual of that is so relatable for me, you know, just grab your keys and just get the fuck out of your brain. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're not leaving your apartment. You're leaving your mind. Mm -hmm. You're just like, I'm going to, I'm leaving my mind. I'm going into my body and I'm just going to feel how I feel and just move in the world and see what resonates, see what doesn't see where I'm magnetized towards and repelled from and just experience the world and get out of my freaking head. (laughs) And one thing that you and I found all the time together in Sweden. So anyone who doesn't know this, I guess no one really knows the details of our friendship in Sweden. Um, But it was, (laughs) 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 but we, we worked, we both worked um, for a while at the same company, full-time thing that wasn't, wasn't being a, a performing musician. And then we went out like what, four nights a week at times to, mm-hmm. to go to these blues sessions that were happening or yes. singer songwriter. And we found this energy um, in what the point I'm getting to that I really had to remember in the song, the way we used to know it um, is that sometimes you get energy just from putting yourself in the environment where there's inspiration. Cause when you come home from work, if someone says, even go brush your teeth, you're like, I don't have, like, I'm so tired. That's probably the only thing I'm going to do. But if you just get there, suddenly this energy is there and you could stay till three in the morning and you could go home and write a song after. And so energy gives you energy too. And if you don't just find a way to get into that environment, that's also where this cycle happens where you never get to the inspiration. So for me, a part of that was understanding that I might not always look like my branded artist. I might be coming in corporate clothes with like bags under my eyes, but at least I was there, you know, and sometimes it's, it's just that simple, like just get there, you know. 
100%. (laughs) Yes. I'm like doing praise hands right now. That's yes. Preach. That is so important. And that's also totally what I get from that line or how I interpreted that or how that felt for me. Like, yeah, get out of your mind and get into that world, get into that feeling like you will, you will find inspiration there. You will find pieces of yourself there too, which is like the coolest thing. All right. And now we move on to season two, episode one featured my friend, Robert Hill. That's what words are. I mean, they, they create a perspective. Like you can rearrange the words. You can make anything beautiful. Wow. Like if you, yes. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like like the best writers. Like, yeah. I really like Jack Kerouac. Maybe that's a... No one is surprised. <laughs> no, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of... <laughs> it's kind of Stream stupid. of consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's always mm-hmm. writing about... Like nothing it's almost nothing it's just going around but the words are beautiful you know like the stream of consciousness that's beautiful yes I am just so impressed with you the more we talk about stuff that's so cool (laughs) because yeah Jack Kerouac that's also the vibe that you get with your even with your music is like that's like if Jack Kerouac wrote music almost like that (laughs) vibe um you can fully absorb that compliment later (laughs) yeah (laughs) and the last line that i read Mm -hmm. um uh like wayward lanterns amidst a thunderstorm and that really goes back to what i said like being in the eye of the storm Mm. like everything's everything's crazy outside but you're safe like even in that feeling you're safe Mm. because you're safe anywhere actually like yes and even, well, for me personally, I used to feel more safe in that feeling than in other yeah. feelings, even more positive feelings. I used to feel more comfortable, like feeling isolated and angry and like, yeah, rather than you against the world, you know, exactly, exactly. And, <laughs> and you're comfortable there. Like if you had yeah. probably some weird childhood stuff, then you're going to grow up feeling a little bit comfortable dealing with stuff on your own or even comfortable like swallowing some discomfort or even rage or even like depression and that that feels more comfortable that feels that is more familiar than happiness or appreciation or feeling you know relaxed and just trusting that people won't hurt you for example um so it can feel yeah very very comfortable like a yeah like a little sun-stained mattress just mm, cozy yeah Yeah, it's almost it's mm. almost like a drug you know totally you get stuck in it you know yes you can wallow in the rage yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yes and this like and it's also like a feeling of victimhood in a way for me anyway um (laughs) in real life I don't think that really comes across in the song so much um but in a way it's just this human experience of kind of being knocked around by life and just needing to like 
sometimes just see it in a beautiful way. Like you were saying, just shift your perspective because you can't really change the situation sometimes. So being able to shift your perspective is all you need really yeah right that's the weird stuff like it's uh, like reality is all about perspective mm. it's really it's it's insane you know mm-hmm. it's, i mean it's a cliche probably like you can think yourself happy but it's also not a cliche you know it's a paradox like everything you know yes you can change everything and you can't change anything <laughs> at the same time <laughs> exactly We have fun here on the Self-Help Songwriter Podcast, don't we? All right, season two, episode two. Here we are with Miss Fanny Holm. I have a hard time, you know, uh, accepting compliments and stuff Mm -hmm. also because I'm I'm never really sure if people really mean it or if they're sort of putting me on. (laughs) Which is not a very good... It's <laughs> not healthy. No, it's not very good. It's not very good. Uh, it's the same thing when you... We're you're, working on it. Yeah. Right? I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. And it's the same thing when, when you, you do something musically. You Say you have a gig or you you write a song. And everyone says it's really, really good. Except for that one person who has like one tiny, tiny little negative comments mm-hmm. and what my mom you... no <laughs> <laughs> just kidding and what do you remember love you mom if you're listening <laughs> what do you remember it's the tiny little shitty comments one yes that's how our brains are designed why because the tiger in the bushes we got to take that seriously oh, yeah. you know okay okay <laughs> it's this it's this evolutionary biological drive that every tiny little hint of anything possibly that we might need to defend ourselves yeah, against yeah, is will capture our entire attention. And it is like where the fight or flight thing gets yeah. turned on. And especially when we have a trauma in childhood, yeah. then our fight or flight is just kind of broken in yeah. a way. And we can really get into fight or flight so easily yeah. over literally anything in my case I'm speaking for myself yeah. that's, that's what anxiety is right it's just mm-hmm. scanning the horizon but I think also that's what they're saying now with all this new research that they're doing about highly sensitive people is yeah. that actually that is really interesting yes yeah. the people who have anxiety mm-hmm. there there's a reason so many of us have anxiety yeah. it's because it helped us survive yeah <laughs> so there's a reason all of us have it or so many of us have yeah. it it's because it it took us here. It brought us here. It got us this far. But also those things that um, that helped us when we were children or those defense mechanisms, mm-hmm. like, uh, for example, like appearing strong or, you know, whatever, ignoring certain things, getting used to things that we absolutely were forced to do in order to survive. Yeah. And then we, we get adapted to that. And then eventually those coping me- mechanisms turn against us <laughs> once they those do. once yeah. the tigers are gone yeah then what are we doing you know exactly. we're shadow boxing yeah. i mean it's crazy we'll like punch our you know or at least in my case i can get you know confused and then maybe say something or feel negatively towards someone i don't need to be feeling negatively no. towards just because i feel like i'm addressing a problem that's in my mind yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I like the tiger in the bushes. The tiger in the bushes. <laughs> Maybe there's going to be a song. <gasps> the tiger in the bushes. <laughs> yes, I planted a seed, people. I win. <laughs> yeah. It's a good title. It is a good title. Yeah. It is a very good title. And it's true. I really, I love this idea that, especially as people with active imaginations mm-hmm. also, that we can really imagine just the worst thing. Always. <laughs> Always. Always. As a rule. Yeah. <laughs> so I also love that. just the strong, again, I think, my mind goes to so many different places with it, and that's one of them. Like, how can I be strong? Like, yeah. just this idea of performing strength, and what does that mean, and how does that protect you? Mm-hmm. And what is that protecting you from? Mm-hmm. And normally, eventually, it's not really protecting you at all. It's... There's yeah. a, usually a very short period of time where you actually can protect yourself from the thing. Yeah. And then after that, it's just memories and mm-hmm. it's just inner demons now, you know, yeah. that, and echoes that are, you know, reverberating mm-hmm. throughout time space, yeah. but it's not an actual situation anymore. Yeah, it's like the one when, where I, uh, when I come into a room and people stop talking and it's like they, they, they stop talking because there's a new person entering the room. Right. <laughs> it's not because they think I'm stupid <laughs> right. or ugly or... It has nothing to do no. with your character. No, but it's right. just... Uh, uh, it's just... It's just a physical reaction, I yeah, think, at a certain is. point. Yeah. You've been trained. It's like Pavlov's dogs. Okay, yeah. people stop talking. Danger, danger. Yeah. Exactly, yes. yeah. Uh, that's what happens when I sort of close my eyes and... And let things, let, let my thoughts just, you know. Yes. That's why meditating can be so anxiety-inducing yeah, for people. Because it's like, finally, they're listening to their thoughts. And their thoughts are so mean. They're so <laughs> yeah. mean. And you're like, oh, my God, you're so mean. And you're just sitting there, like, basically being bullied by yourself. Exactly. What I was, and then I you're was like. <laughs> I was going to say that. It's really, really awful, yeah. What torture yeah. and what a sick trick too that like now my sub or my inner yeah. thoughts mm-hmm. are bullying me now. I'm yeah. not even safe in my own mind. No. Anyway, but I really am a proponent of meditating and it's great and it's just you're supposed to observe the inner bully, but it still doesn't no. <laughs> make it more pleasant or less shocking no. when you begin to do that. And up next, we got Galia Arad, who is from my hometown. In case you missed the original episode, you will definitely want to go back to that one. This is another fan favorite, Galia Arad on the pod. Here you go. There, this is, he's gone. He's done. This situation is done. And so what I'm left here with is my fucking self and getting out of here. He's already gone. We already, there's no more misunderstanding. There's no more rose-colored glasses. He's gone. Mm-hmm. I'm at the bottom of a cave, and I need to get the fuck out of here. So that's that line. So it isn't him that I'm kneeling for. Uh, like, yeah. So the kneeling isn't, yeah, that's self-explanatory. Okay, it. so then the, the chorus, we can't be here anymore. Let me love past him. I know you don't want to move on. 
Let me look past him, lead the way, please I beg. It's time to find the light again. Let me go, let me love, let me love past him. So obviously that goes after the pre-chorus, which is I'm pleading with my own heart. So these are all mm. things that I'm talking to my own heart with. Because it's a battle and people know that where you're just like, and it can be so many situations in life where you are battling yourself, you know, and you're just begging your heart or your mind or your whatever, just like, please, can we get on the same page here? Um, so that's that. Um, just pleading with yourself because you, I just felt like I had lost control. I had lost the run of myself, you know. It's so beautiful. Like that's just such an important thing that you're doing here in the song to have this like communication between the different parts of you. I think that's like really, what? I said self-care, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Internal family systems. Um, It's yeah. That's so important to be able to do that. It's really helpful if you can do that and break the different parts of yourself down. And I think for a lot of us, that does only happen when we're at rock bottom. That is what cracks us up. And we're like, I can't Mm. fully be this. So I must also be something else. And then then you can experience yourself. That's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah, that's so true. It's like, that's the only time that you are like, you have to face that this is not, this cannot be all of you. you know? Exactly. It's a really beautiful point. I am obsessed with her, if you couldn't tell. All right, next episode, we got Jonathan Siegel. And so the whole idea of doing this record was it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary for me to do it, but I do it anyway. You know, it's unnecessary for me to be a musician, but. I, I sort of feel like that's all that's interesting about being alive is what is superfluous. From that, I started to realize that given like cosmogony and the development of the universe and the development of the planet and the development of everything that we are living on, life itself is just superfluous to the planet. The planet could just be a ball of rock. Yes. You know, circling, and it wouldn't be happy with even just trees. You True. Know? But human beings, we're like, we're like overflow, you know, the fact that we, that we've developed uh, like these conscious brains that can examine the world that we live in is like, it's superfluous. It's, it's overflow from normal consciousness, you know, and it, and it's overflow from normal life. And so going back to that, then it's like, we are superfluous. The universe doesn't care if we exist. You know, it's like the, the planet doesn't barely even care if we exist. The planet would probably be happier without us. <laughs> exactly. How are we feeling about that clapping sound? Are you sick of it yet? <laughs> it's almost over. The next clip we have is just from my solo episode, Breaking Down, my recently released song, Inhale, Exhale. Thank you so much for streaming it. So, But before we get into that, I just want to quickly thank you for listening all the way through. Thank you for listening just at all, for being here, for existing. You are a beautiful person. And please join me on the 19th, that's in 10 days from the release of this episode, 19th of February, for my very first 
blooming soul sister song circle. So if you are a female identified individual, you are so welcome to come and discuss the topic of romantic love in a safe, supportive environment. And afterwards, I will write a song for the group especially for the group based on what we discuss and what comes up. So I'm so excited for that. You can use code all caps YAY22. That's Y-A-Y-2-2 for half off until this Saturday, but it's very affordable anyway, even if you miss that. All right. So, but without further ado, here is the last clip of my solo episode, breaking down one of my songs. Enjoy. Part of learning this whole self-help stuff is like, well, you cannot make yourself feel bad about it because that only makes everything worse. So you have to forgive yourself in order for any of this stuff to work. It's so important. In order for you to be able to have good relationships with anybody, you have to be able to forgive yourself. It's really, it makes such a big difference. And you have to forgive everybody else too. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's such a pain in the ass, but it really, it really takes a load off your heart. You can just do it privately. You don't have to like tell them. (laughs) Um, in fact, and, um, in a few cases, it might be better that you don't just keep it to yourself just privately forgive people and forgive yourself at all times, whenever you feel any kind of way. Okay. Just at any point, at any turn, any excuse you can have to forgive yourself, please, please do it. Okay. (laughs) So today's a good day to start you guys. Next line. I'm alive. Aren't I? Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm asking for confirmation. Um, I like, I don't know. I like that. I'm alive, aren't I? I just really like the rhythm of that too. I'm alive, aren't I? I feel like it's like such a nice, yeah. Like the rhythm and the melody just flow really nicely together and it's kind of playful and nice and leads really nicely into the next line. And I do this cool thing without thinking. Without thinking. (laughs) how I like to sing the song. It's funny how in different songs I like to pronounce different words a little bit differently. I don't know, just, or give it some sort of like attitude in a way. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. It's, I feel like kind of silly, but, um, I also do think it sounds good. So I like it. I'm sticking with it, but it's, it's just, that's just funny to me. Um, and also like in Noticing in other songs, famous songs, how they do the same thing where they pronounce certain words different, differently or, you know, kind of weird. The worst example of this is Guns N' Roses knocking on heaven's door. It's like knocking on heaven's door, like door every time is door. Yeah, but I don't do anything that crazy, I don't think. But um, <laughs> and I don't actually like that, but um. Sometimes it does work doing things like that, stylizing pronunciation. 
Thank you for listening to the Self-Help Songwriter Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave it a five-star rating and review to let me know what you liked about it. If there's any takeaways or just anything that really resonated with you, I would love to hear that. Um, I appreciate you spending your time with me today. I don't take your time for granted at all. And if you want to spend some more time together, you can find me over on Instagram. I'm at self-help songwriter and YouTube also self-help songwriter. And I also hang out on YouTube on my other channel where I'll teach you simple Balkan folk dances. That channel is called Balkan Folk Dance for Beginners. I'm leaving links to everything I'm mentioning in the show notes and Check out my website, selfhelpsongwriter.com, where I can you can book a time with me and I will write a song specifically for you, a self-help song just for you. It's, it's just the f- most fun process ever. So if you're interested in that, definitely check that out. Thank you so much for listening. I Like I said, I really don't take your time for granted. And I really hope that Until next time that you really, fully, and truly enjoy your life. The power of music, we're learning how to use it now. Self-help songwriters. It's hard to be human, but songs can help you heal yourself.